Last time on Video Night. <laughs> and now. Video Night. Hey there, Michael. What up? Since it's not space, I can hear you scream. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I mean. I was like, wait, where's this going? Never mind. Yeah, folks. right. That wasn't much. Great. Yeah, it's a tagline. Uh, it's not yeah. very clever or anything. Well, but it was the first time. It was alien. Used. In space, no one can hear you scream. In the Alps, everyone can hear you yodel. Yeah, that's true. Space. Uh, if you yodel. If you do yodel. Hey, everybody. Um, <laughs> I had 12 hours of sleep. I can't seem to wake up. I've had so much coffee pumping through my system. I have a, a weird turning point where maybe halfway through this episode, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. Let's see what happens. <laughs> a nervous breakdown based on what? Caffeine. I just got yeah. issues with caffeine, but I'm so trying. Uh, you ever sleep? There, there's a perfect amount of sleep you can get. At this point. And then you oversleep. Yeah. At this point in my life, seven hours, I'm good. 11 hours, yeah. I'm like in a coma. And I can't yeah, yeah. ever wake up. You're you're in stasis. Yes, deep stasis. Hopefully my glass doesn't crack. So we're gonna have to date this between last month and the next month. There's a little gap there, but the very first Alien was released in May 25th, 1979, and the second Alien movie was released in June, June 6th, 1986. Uh, right. Trying to remember, the third one was also Memorial Day. Memorial Day became a thing for a little bit, didn't it? No, the third. The third one was in November. No. third one is in summer. It, you're thinking of Resurrection. That was uh, Thanksgiving. May 22nd. Right. Okay. You're right. You're correct. So, first, tell me your your whole thing about aliens. What do you think about alien? Aliens? Alien whole Um. Uh, yeah, let's discuss this real quick. We were, we were going to do this as an episode where we discussed the Alien franchise, and we realized everybody is doing it, so let's not... Yeah, but we just have to have a little primer. Yeah. So, For, prime okay, away. So, sir. I have never seen... This is 1993, and I had never seen any of them. Someone told me that Alien 3, they really wanted to watch it. We had a free HBO weekend. And so my friend Eric, he's like a year or two older than me, and he's a huge sci-fi buff. He's like, hey, can I come over and watch Alien 3? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I was like, do I need to see the previous one? He goes, yeah. I go, should I not watch this? He goes, nah, forget it. Just watch it anyway. So I saw Alien 3 first. <laughs> no context huh. whatsoever. So I didn't know the whole relationship with the, you know, oh, she spent all this time with all the, you know, these people in the previous film and they're dead and it means so much more. I didn't know who Lance Hendrickson, you know, what his relationship was later. So it was a very confusing experience for me, but I wasn't let down like everybody else because, you know, they rode the highs of one and two, especially two. So three was fine to me. And I remember being very upset this is when i was younger where i couldn't deal with upper level protagonists being killed off and being like truly distraught after charles s dutton was killed and, oh. and my friend eric goes oh you're upset about him dying wait till you see the previous films and i'm like oh god <laughs> but here's the thing is <laughs> or the end of three yeah, so i didn't Gosh. see the first one next him uh, so eric's brother and then his best friend matt were like you have to see aliens and they're, they're telling me all about it. They're quoting it. They're telling me all these action sequences. So I saw part two next at his house. And so I still, okay. I still have not seen part one. <laughs> so I finally decided to rent part one after seeing three. I'm going backwards in time now, people. Four didn't exist yet. So I see one last. And for some reason, I felt really disappointed because it didn't have the action sequences. It didn't have the intensity, you know? And I was like, it was good. Ah, uh, but it, it had a different intensity. It did, but I, I guess I guess for some reason, I well, I was adrenaline junkie. I was Action yeah, guy. you were the kid. You wanted that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The differences between you and me. But me, me slow, you fast. God, I, I feel like I read somewhere, it was very, very early online reviews. You could access Roger Ebert's reviews, like back in 93. Dial up, everybody. Hmm. Um, so I read Aliens 
uh, review before and he said he was emotionally exhausted afterwards because of so highs and lows and he just like after your word you're, after it was over you're just spent and I'm like yeah. oh my god if two is this amazing because he was right I was emotionally just exhausted after part two and I watched part one and it's just it's a different beast and yeah, I, totally. I, I I appreciate it now more than I did then, but still not my favorite. You have a different opinion. You're not on board with Aliens as much as you are the original. No. Alien. Yeah. Well, okay. So my favorite, absolute favorite is 4. Because in, in spite of Joss Whedon's writing, it's the craziest and it's the weirdest one. And Joss Whedon actually did something interesting with everything about it. But then he had to cut some things out because of the budget. This sounds might, might be stupid sounding, but it also might be cool if they ever got to shoot it because they had an atrium in the space station and they had to get around on this atrium with atvs so they're going to be riding these on a space station huh inside of the space station with aliens chasing them. and that might have been cool that might have been stupid but they had to cut it because of budget yeah but jean-pierre Junet is a fantastic film director like that's all he has ever does his dramas are fantastic his romantic comedies are fantastic got cannibal comedies they're fantastic they're all good he's the guy who did amelie so uh, and it's, it's so french in spite of like james cameron took it away from france uh-huh. so because alien was done with the work of of course um the swiss hr geiger and mobius and a few of other people that were pulled from jodorowsky's dune right also it has the british flavor of uh, ridley scott so it's a complete ridley scott's well he's a he was a um graphic designer and he was a commercial director and so he's worked in advertising knew how to make his image look great it's not your standard alien movie or, or monster movie or space movie. It's got atmosphere, stuff that was hardly ever even in Star Wars. Star Wars had some because Star Wars and Alien both pulled from Jodorowsky's Dune. Both, <laughs> uh, like, both I believe, are, yeah. are produced or some. I you know, I know Charles Lippincott had something to do with both of those movies getting made. I wonder if hmm. he was part of Dune first. I'm curious. I should go look that up. I, I don't know, but. The carcass that was Dune was picked by these two projects, and the French flavor of, like, the costume designing went into Alien. So that's the spacesuits and stuff that's by Mobius. And that was brought back into Alien Resurrection. So I, I, like you, I got to Alien last. I didn't see it. I saw Aliens first, and I saw Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection. Then I saw Alien (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but as I appreciate Alien for what it is, honestly. I, I really do. It's got a lot of great stuff. But how I saw Aliens was, I believe I had the book first and I was reading the book, the novelization. Uh-huh. There was a scene that was really creepy. Was oh my god, is that the first time that you've had that happen? It always happens to me. We always talk about how the, I read the book before I watched the movie. You never have that happen. I think this is the first time. <laughs> no, I think this might be, yeah. So the beginning was the family finding the derelict. And that wasn't in the movie that we finally saw until you got the uh, Alien Anthology version. Those versions, they cut it in. That's the extended version. But that, on paper, was really creepy. So I had this foreboding sense before I even saw it. And then my dad comes over to my friend's house where I was hanging out. And he's like, hey, Andrew, you want to go watch Alien? They're watching it next door. I looked at my dad with a pause. I gauged his face. I saw that he was ignorant that it was rated R. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. I'll be right over. And then I went and watched it. He didn't watch it. He went back home and did whatever and i was with my cousins who were visiting watching this next door and they were of course older teens and i was a young teen so or a tween 
at the time. And I'm watching this thing, and it gets to the... Get away from her, you bitch! And my dad had just walked in like two minutes before and said, oh. And then he had the grace and wisdom to just shut up and let the movie play. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I was hoping that's where it was going to end well, but I wasn't so sure about that. My father, my father had wanted nothing to do with any of these. My mom loves them. Well, my mom was always a sci-fi nut. My dad was, and he didn't get anything that wasn't reality. Like, he loved Chuck Norris films and stuff. Easy to understand. My dad was military. Yeah. Military and cowboys. If it wasn't. And, and, and Robin Hood stuff. Yeah, that's every it. once in a while. If it was funny, like Serenity and stuff like that, he would get. But we're talking Alien Resurrection. I remember... I remember seeing that in theaters and thinking it was just very entertaining, great characters, lots of fun action. But when it came to the gore, he was purposely pulling into the gore. Said, this is what you want, right? This is what you want. Are you sure you want this? <laughs> oh, I'm not sure you're sure you want this. Oh, you think you do, but you don't. But you do, don't you? And you're like, I don't know what to feel about this. I'm going to puke. <laughs> but um, Dan Hedaya pulling his brain out and looking at it right before he dies. Tell me. Okay, thank you. That You set me up perfectly without even knowing it. The guy standing behind Dan Hedaya pulling his brains out. Is that Mark Singer? I am almost certain that is Mark Singer, but he's never even no. mentioned. It has to be. No. I swear that's Mark Singer. No. No, okay. Mark Singer's not anywhere near a mainstream big budget. Wait, movie. wait, wait! The last time you watched it, go watch it. Like, stop. We'll stop the episode right now and go. go, go. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to you, it's Mark Singer. It drove me nuts. But this is one where I was fascinated by. It. This is so embarrassing. But I'm still, even to this day, I'm still a grown-up kid. I'll find myself in the back room at work and, like, just goofing around, dancing or whatever, or acting out little things. And I took a swimming class immediately after Resurrection came out. And I was fascinated. Oh, no. You know the scene where the alien is swimming and he's got his mouth yeah. smiling the entire time? And Winona Ryder almost drowned. Right. Yeah. Uh, I would swim through the water, smiling back and forth. Everybody else is, like, swimming, like, as hard as they can doing laps. I am goofing around in the swimming pool, just going back to, like, the alien like i'm gonna attack the other swimmers you're in the a pool dork I you're an absolute dork <laughs> i remember the lifeguard was looking at me going what are you doing i go whatever i want i'm paying for this class <laughs> <laughs> we briefly mentioned the predator stuff uh, the aliens versus predator uh yeah skip I mean, those skip those i mean you did that last I year mean, predator episode i mean i mean that's all. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, okay, this is a big deal, and we're not really doing any of them, which is really funny, I think. Yeah. But this was a big deal, and Italy jumped on this. Oh, hold on. We're missing something. We're missing Prometheus what? and Covenant. This is the only opportunity we have to discuss this. Uh, all right. I, all right, I, all right. I did not want to watch Prometheus because everybody I heard from said it was shit. And I was no. like, oh, okay, great. We waited all this time, and Ridley Scott fumbled the ball. And I remember watching the first 20 minutes, but in my head, I was already locked into this was boring. It was a waste of time. So I stopped watching it. And then last year, huh. I watched it because of you, you know, in your uh, voodoo. I watched that and Covenant back to back. And I was like, yeah. these are great. Yes, yeah. I think that Covenant there gets too fast. Like, oh, okay, hmm. all of a sudden everybody's infected. Okay, everybody's going to be dead. They kind of have that with Prometheus a little bit too. Once it gets going, it goes. I thought maybe it was yeah. a little too fast. But I was like, I don't understand what the hate is for these movies. These were actually insanely entertaining. Ridley Scott knew exactly what he was doing. He was expanding upon the mythos. He gave you yeah. something. The only thing with Covenant is I think he got a little nervous. And maybe it was pressured by the studio to make it more like the Alien series? I mean, the fact yeah. that he changed it, right? It was supposed to be originally just called Covenant, not Alien Covenant. Am I correct? Well, I mean, he just had to put the alien name in it. Oh he was gosh. still going to have the aliens in it. Because Prometheus wasn't Alien Prometheus. It was just Prometheus. Yeah. So that got confusing. But so I, love, I, I, I really dug in. both of them. I thought they were very entertaining, even though I could see the end of Covenant coming from a mile away. Well, Prometheus had the silly issues where, 
you're a scientist, why are you taking your helmet off? And that's dumb quibbles. Like, kind of, some sometimes I can shrug it off and sometimes I can't. I can't shrug it off with the fly. Yeah. I can shrug it off with Prometheus. With Covenant, they had a choice, right? There was a moment where they're ready to go forward with Neil Blomkamp's reimagining of part three. And they bailed because of Ridley Scott wanted to do Covenant. So apparently it's going to become a radio player or something like that. That's, it's kind of strange. Huh. I don't know. I don't like Blomkamp's idea of erasing. Yeah. See, I always think that's lazy. The rest of the... God. I think that's... No, I don't think it's lazy. I think it's rude. Honestly. Yeah. I think it's well, just no, stupid. When they... And you didn't get your way. It's stupid fan fiction. Right. You didn't get your way. Yes. And I like Neil Blomkamp. You didn't get your way when you saw it. So now you're, you're going to throw a tantrum and make your own, even though you're a really great film director and you have cool special effects that you know how to do. It doesn't matter. Stop throwing your little baby tantrum. Make something That's new. what everybody's doing now. Oh, we didn't like this. Let's remake this. Let's sign a petition to remake this. And they do it. It works sometimes. They keep erasing Halloween, you know, and stuff like that and keep rebooting these franchises. They want to do it. He wants to do it now with Robocop. Neil Blomkamp's on that now. He wants to erase parts two and three. And I just think, <laughs> look, uh, the only way you can do it in Alien 3 is if some this is me and my imagination, like the, the ship goes through some sort of like nebula burst or something and it creates an alternate. And then there's time travel. And it creates like, no. Whatever. It creates like some sort of alternative timeline where, yes, Alien 3 still happens, but the ship gets split. I don't know, man. Science fiction can make up. Yeah, right? yeah, don't even. Yeah. Don't even. It ends up becoming, what you're thinking is Event Horizon, yeah, basically. Basically. Um, okay, so, but with Alien. Yeah, so Alien is this massive franchise that's gone on and on and on. It's going to continue because of the merch. I mean, they sell so much in toys and oh, shirts. Oh, yeah, they already Dark announced Dark Horse would collapse tomorrow. <laughs> oh, shit. And they might actually collapse. I just thought about this. Because Fox is now owned by Disney. Disney owns Marvel. There's no way in the world. Yeah, and they're it's gonna licensing, let, though. They're going to let... They can... Yeah, I don't... Yeah, it's licensing. But Disney's it's been not... a tried and true. You don't want to burn all your bridges. I guess. But it seems like if, it, if that does happen, if they pull, Dark Horse is going to lose 50% of what sells from them. They're going to lose... They already lost Star Wars and Indiana Jones. They're going to lose Buffy, Aliens, and Predator, and probably a couple other things. Okay, how long are we going to take... They still have the mask. This, oh, yes, and Time Cop, everybody. <laughs> Time cop. Mask and time cop crossover. Uh, mask cop. John John Vaughn could on Van Ham is the mask. The mask. Blood mask. Time. Fist face. Cop. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're derailing. We are severely. already. So Italy jumped on this stuff and started ripping this off with contamination. You don't like that? I one. do not like. Um, you know, I am hardcore in my Italian ripoff films. But you know what's weird? Of the people who love Italian ripoff movies, they're almost all these horror fans. And I don't yeah, like yeah, yeah. I don't like Italian horror movies for the most part. There's a few I like, but I don't. I like the well, sci-fi. That like the one action. that one was just it was on Earth. It was called wait was that the same one that's called Alien Two on Earth? Yeah, oh Alien it could be. Uh, you know I'm not one. Alien contamination, yeah. contamination, Alien Two on Earth. I thought they were the same no, thing. No, I was but, looking up. I thought for some reason there was two different ones. Okay, you're probably right. Alien Two on Earth is one. It's confusing. It's like, it's like Zombie. One. The way Zombie was yeah. uh, Dawn of the Dead, and there's a Zombie Two. But it was actually called Zombie Here, and yep. you get confused along yep. the way. So. So I did watch Contamination, and the, the thing is, there were eggs some places, and there's just alien. It's it's like, you know, the movie Arrival? Not the newest one, but the one with Charlie Sheen? Correct. It's like that, except there's eggs, and those eggs uh, have spores. And once the spores get in people, the person carries the alien, and then they might explode. Yeah, people don't explode so, over the place. At the, you know, it's, it's so much. It's just not gross. It's just not very good. It's not very strong. But the point is, these a, these alien knockoffs were... Everywhere. There's so many... We had to pick and choose the most noteworthy ones. Yeah, well, Roger Corman we went, had a whole 
line. I mean, there's Deep Space, there's Alienator. Oh, there's, uh, no, 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 no. I'm going to tell you, Deep Space is a remake. Is it? But, yes, we'll get to Fred it. Fred Olin Ray's uh, Deep Space. Yes, so Roger Corman is the biggest schlock in America, probably, like, the biggest. There's... Z. Arkoff, Samuel Z. Arkoff, he's one. And, but Roger Corman was the one that always pulled in all these guys that ended up becoming great directors elsewhere. Not under his watch, but later. The first one that we're going to talk about is Galaxy of Terror. Prepare yourself for the ultimate battle. Galaxy of Terror. Hell has just been relocated. It orbits a burned out star at the edge of the galaxy. It's been waiting a billion years to scare you to death. Trapped in a living maze of terror. What the odds of us getting out of here? What the odds? Stranded astronauts Edward Albert and Aaron Moran battle hordes of hideous shadow demons, encounter the razor-sharp living glass, brave the pit of doomed souls, just to discover the only way out is death. Space. Which had actually the second one too. Both had James Cameron working on them, which is ironic. Oh, right, yes. Because, because of Piranha 2, what... the spawning. See, they're so connected. He did props and stuff and making spaceships and whatever. And Bill Paxton was actually a set carpenter on these. At least one of them. Did you know that? Yes. This is all the behind the scenes that I really know. That's how he knew James Cameron. So James Cameron was like, yeah, I'll give you some work. Just these bit parts, basically. But you get to totally steal the show in Aliens. So this one, I'm not keen on this one except for some of the cast. So Edward Albert, not into him. Aaron Moran, whatever. Both are guts. Joni, right? Here's, that's the thing about this movie. The, the leads are so... It's usually that way, though, with Roger, Roger Corman movies. You ever notice usually the leads are the doll ones, and it's the side characters that are so much fun? Ray Walston is... He's my favorite Martian, and he's playing also uh, kind of an alien here. Robert Englund in an early role. Taffy O'Connell. I don't know who Taffy O'Connell is. Oh, she's the, the the other sexy lady in this one. This also has Twin Peaks's Grace Zabriskie. Everybody take a drink. I said Twin Peaks. All right, so Grace Zabriskie is a hotshot uh, pilot, and she had some battle that she was in, and there's also one other guy in here who I love, actually. Uh, oh, Zalman King is in here. but um, That's weird, right? Was he an actor first? I only know him as like, yes. a director. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was an actor. He was in Blue Sunshine earlier. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, Bernard Behrens is a Canadian actor who is in a movie called Invasion or Top of the Food Chain, which is one of my favorite sci-fi spoofs, and he's hilarious in that. Judas hung man, why so glum? He's that old Canadian guy who's like, so you survived this thing from the other thing. And she's like, shut up, hold on, I'm flying. Okay. Anyway, I don't like this one because of the mythos surrounding it. Do you remember the beginning? They're playing chess or something with the glowing head guy. This is the only... Okay, so I've seen this movie a few times. This is the only one I wasn't able to watch because nobody's showing it for free right now. No, I don't remember that. Very beginning, there's a glowing head guy sitting with some lady. And the glowing head guy, it's like a red glowing head. And I'm like, this guy sounds too familiar. Well, it's ruining it for everybody it's ray walston like you can hear it in his voice but it's all marble marble marble, marble you know uh -huh. but you can still hear it how he talks and then he's also a crew guy and they just got to go 
check out some derelict planet or, so, or some station on some planet and it ends up being one of these kind of in a way an event horizon situation where your fears kill you so the alien conceit is what it's a space station yeah this is the one that's probably the most different but it's it's mostly about hey roger corman saw alien sold very very well let's make a horror movie in space there's all sorts of random monsters uh because the first one we don't really know much about the alien world it's just like this thing keeps changing yeah so we hadn't been like oh there's whole armies of these and that they you know they have this whole mother uh alien or queen alien and stuff like that so it just feels like yeah. this one is probably the most unique of the alien ripoffs because it's not 100 on the nose well, he does have a scene where a woman is raped by a giant caterpillar. And I think that is, to him, like, what like the, the chest hurt? burster. Yeah, sort of thing. Like the face hugger sort of thing. So many of these movies have <laughs> bursting out of you. We're like, yeah, we got it the first time around. Why do you keep repeating this? This isn't why we like Alien. We don't like... I mean, what was it? The Terror Within that burst out of the chest. And Seminoid, I think, has it. There's one where it bursts out of their yeah, face. And Seminoid. What's, yes, what's the and Seminoid. Yes, and Seminoid. Zytro? Bursting out of the... Extra is extra. what you Is that how you said? I always thought it was Zytro. Oh, it's Extra. Okay. But Extra does. Extra is completely different. I was joking when I suggested Extra. That one was like, Alien's popular. Let's have an alien in it. E.T.'s popular. Let's screw around with a kid. <laughs> also, let's have a man being birthed out of a lady. Just a full-grown man. <laughs> what the hell is going on? <laughs> it's really that. So th there is no real alien connection to that one. Later on, you said Extros 2 and 3 did, but... Uh, well, those 3 is unwatchable. Pale, I got 10 minutes into 3. Pale yeah. comparisons. Well, there's so many ripoffs. The problem is... This is a cottage industry. There's so many different versions of these. I mean, do you remember when there was like Dark Universe, where literally the creature is the same looking thing, except with mild tweaks so they don't get sued? Same concept, but they're never as entertaining. It's always on a spaceship or some sort of underground thing. There's one alien on the loose. Right. It's gonna, you know, uh, eat you up. And I'm not talking like Leviathan or the thing. There's really just a literal. Well, like, no, those can be considered. Well, not the thing. But Leviathan can be considered a mishmash of the thing and alien. Yeah, but we're talking underwater. Like, these movies were greenlit solely to capitalize on Alien. It wasn't like, hey, this kind of thing works. Let's do a movie kind of. Like, no, this is literally like this made a ton of money. Let's get four hundred thousand dollars. Let's get some guy like Charles Napier in this and just just sell it straight to video. That's the kind yeah. of thing I'm talking about. It's just so Galaxy of Terror. Its whole thing is like the guy with the glowing head is trying to find a replacement for himself to be like the ruler of whatever temple that they're in i don't costco. know costco it's clearly costco <laughs> and it's edward albert is his replacement because he's seen through the fears and all that stuff but everybody else dies at the fear so sid haig is in it i don't think i mentioned that with a glaze he has a, that is a glaze. he hardly has a word <laughs> but he does say something like don't touch the star crystal or whatever he's holding oh I, there's one i saw the star crystal too i watched a bunch just to know what i'm talking about star crystal is garbage absolutely oh garbage. yeah you know i was so excited when i finally garbage. when that finally came out on dvd i was like oh i can finally see this and i was like all right this is clearly meant to uh, it's video world. stupid it's a uh, so dumb anyway do you know um, do you know when you get desperate for anything to happen you're like oh those are good special effects oh thank god it's something <laughs> and it's like it's not even that good of special effects it's just oh that's no. what went. stop motion uh, rewind a, yeah so the next movie is similar to this one but it's actually more in line but both of them use cannibalized footage from battle beyond the stars yes. <laughs> at the time maybe still the most expensive movie roger corman's ever produced for a whopping two million dollars now jim winorski and rj robertson wrote 
this, but didn't write the uh, screenplay. It's based on a story by whatever. People just spitballing in the office. Forbidden World. A galactic troubleshooter summoned to the Forbidden World. Held in an icy grip of fear by a weird biological mutation. Part alien, part human. All nightmare. This is an a priority high security research facility. Actually, it's a scientist's dream. What is it, Thinghauser? Proto being what? Just stick with your charter, Colby. Just figure out a way to trap it. You figure it out. I'm not going back in there. I think we should try to communicate with it. I know it's far-fetched, but it might work. Now, this is the one that I actually mostly like. In a large part, actually, it is because of the foxy babes. <laughs> Can I tell you this something? Is, the, only thing I yeah. the only thing I remember from this movie is a silly-looking monster that is about two foot yeah. tall and boobs. Uh, well, it's a lot more than boobs. This is the most horny of these that I've ever seen. And so this guy comes in. T tell me now, dead space in this movie. Dude is called in. He's got a robot. And he's in a flying ship. He's in a spaceship, of course, flying ship. That's stupid. Uh, he's in a spaceship. And the robot tells him, wake up. We've got to be at this certain rendezvous right now. You're, you're needed. He's a troubleshooter or something. So as they're flying, he has to fix the console because the aim is off or something. Because they're being tracked by some sort of uh, space pirates or something. So robot has to shoot the space pirates, the guys under the console, fixing it with wires. This description, uh, I'm describing two movies right here. Uh -huh. The one with Mark Singer and the one with uh, Jesse Vint. That is, you're right. I, I mean, I saw a long time ago, but you're right. That's the same, exactly use the same footage. Oddly enough, both movies not using their own footage. They're using it from, again, Battle Beyond the Stars. Yeah, Dead Space is, is streaming on Tubi, so I was like, all right, I'll check that. Oh, my God, it's the same thing. What? It's the same thing. And I read a review saying there's a better robot in Dead Space, and I'm like, that's blasphemy. I love the robot in Forbidden World. It's really fun and funny. I mean, it sounds stupid. It's little voices, like a little uh, teenage kid's voice, but the robot design is pretty cool. It's almost like a stormtrooper-looking thing. It's fun. I like it. This one has a lot of sense of humor to it, but uh, the dude comes in. There are two hot babes that just basically sleep with anybody, it seems, and there are scientists, of course. There's one dude who's always in a Tarantino movie. What's his name? Bowen! Right, Michael Bowen? Michael Bowen. Yeah, Michael Bowen. His name is Jimmy Swift in this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny name. He's the first guy to actually get killed on camera. Which uh, was or attacked. so disappointing. I was like, oh, okay, the most interesting actor is now dead. Great. Oh, yeah. But this one actually has something where it's it's the hubris of science. It is more like a Wayland yutani way station got a hold of some sort of alien thing and started messing around with it. So it seems like it could have been like uh, built off of Alien as opposed to being a direct ripoff of you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. That monster's so, so goofy, though, man. It's so... I just couldn't stop laughing. When I, when I finally do the full reveal, I was like, oh, you're kidding. I'm talking the two-foot-tall, long tentacle arm thing that's about, you know, just teeth. It's, I thought the, the monster was silly. I mean, both of these are silly. Galaxy of Terror's monster is really stupid looking. Yeah, you can see, though, the budget on Galaxy of Terror is much higher than a Forbidden World because I kind of enjoyed the set pieces they designed because, yes, I know they're all on a stage. But there's something kind of unique about how they looked and each sequence was wildly different. Well, we said atmosphere, right? Yeah. The, well, they started doing that with these Corman movies, which lent a lot 
lot to them. So it, when you throw in smoke, it makes everything look a lot more expensive, or smoke or steam, than it actually is, you know? When people champion Roger Corman's stuff, I don't think they realize there was only like a five-year period of time where he was spending more money and trying to do stuff that was more expansive. You know, from like, what, Piranha, Rock and Roll High School, that era, to probably Galaxy Quest is near the end. I mean, it's only like a small gap. Because he decided in 1984 that it was too hard to distribute. You just said Galaxy Quest. Sorry, I did it. He, he did that earlier That's and cute. I made fun of him. I did it um, earlier Galaxy off Quest. I mean, Yours is sillier because you said Galaxy of Quest. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, but you just said Quest. When he saw the writing on the wall, that direct-to-video was the way to go. And he was spending too much money trying to tour these movies around the country. Is when he sold New World Pictures. After that is when his movies became almost unwatchable. I don't even know if there is even a handful of good movies from his new company, not World, New World. It's so confusing because it's Concord, New Horizons, and Concord, New Horizons, and New Concord, and it's all crap. It really is. is blood, <laughs> don't you tell me Blood Fist is a good movie. You are stupid. Uh, <laughs> Terror Within is garbage. Most of his stuff by 84 was just like, let's shoot in some butthole of the world and no money whatsoever, but there was a there was a few years where he was actually spending some decent money, and I think that's what people remember. That and the fact he discovered all these directors who would do better things afterwards. Yeah, not during, Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's they, they championed him. I was like, no, he's just good with a budget, dum-dum. Now, let me ask you this. Would you prefer doing a uh, five years of great movies at a better budget, better ideas, than eking it out for 60 friggin' years making low-budget junk that no one really cares about. Five. Five years. Right? I would rather be remembered for great, like, oh, okay, the perfect example is Avco Embassy. From, like, 1980 to 1985 when they shut down, they had so many gems. Their catalog is short, but it's sweet. You look at Roger Corman's career, yeah, great. He's been going for a very long time. I don't care about most of it. Yeah. That's the bad part. I, I just don't get it. And You cannot say that Roger Corman has had a hit in every decade uh, since he's been producing. He hasn't even tried. Yeah, he doesn't take risks. I think the last time that he even came close was with Death Race. Not 2000, but just Death Race, that remake by Paul W. Sanderson. Yeah. One of the only good movies by Paul W. Sanderson. Right, and that's also not not really him he's just like yeah take my property go do something with it cool give me a paycheck yeah he's an executive producer he's just a name and some money because we both know, know what happened when he finally did get death race back he did death race what 2050 and i was like oh yeah it's okay. terrible yeah. it's super bad it's bad it's bad it's bad but he's one it's like bad for the sake of bad yeah he's one of the big guys of the alien ripoff movies he's done it so many times Here's the weird thing is Alien seemed like the kind of thing the Italians would do a bunch, but they only did maybe, what, two, three Alien ripoffs? Right. That's weird, right? So I was, like, very confused when I was researching this. I was like, what the heck, dude? Yeah, they were were big on horror, but they were stuck in either cannibal movies or uh, zombie movies, which are, in a way, almost the same genre. It's just about eating people. That's really strange. Yeah, eating people, but some are dead. Yeah, and they had Argento and stuff like that. So the alien thing really did not cross over, and I would say the nice part is every time we have an alien, well, not the nice part, uh, the ripoffs have been kept alive because every six to seven years we have another installation of the Alien franchise. Right, we now have, like, you know, Asylum doing stupid stuff like, like, well, they actually jumped on, like, the Alien versus Predator, but so is, like, Alien versus Hunter. Hunter, that's what, thank yep. you. Alien versus Hunter. Starring Richard Tyson. <laughs> What's, is it just a guy who's a hunter? No, it's, it's <laughs> a guy who's in a Predator outfit. 
Like a ripoff. It should just be like a, a hunter, a trapper. He should have like a coonskin hat and all that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, my point is there's... <laughs> Wait, Alien versus Buford Pusser from Walking Tall. He's got a yeah. bat. He's got... Oh, no, you should run Buford right now. <laughs> yeah. Point is, the ripoffs are now lesser. I think there's even a Japanese Alien versus Ninja, AVN. Yeah, that sounds familiar, yeah. Yeah, that one is actually more straight up a ninja movie, and then you throw an alien in. Right there. now, now <laughs> aliens. There's been tons of monster movies that have been influenced. If I see another movie where there's a guy being surrounded by monsters yelling, "Come and get some, you son of a bitch!" You come, uh, come on, you want some of this too? You want some of this? Come on, yeah! And then he gets tore up. I never want to see that ever again. Stop it. Yeah. But aliens change everything. So Do you there remember? Wasn't, there wasn't a lot of alien ripoffs after that. Waxwork two. You, you Waxwork are right. two. But that's a has parody. A sequence. Yes. No, it's a total parody. Yeah. It has a sequence, and it's the worst sequence in any of the Waxwork yeah. movies. That one has uh, Rex Manning. What's his name? Uh, Maxwell Caulfield. Yes, thank you. And he, it's got the the lead in this in that movie. Her hair is this wig. And it's supposed to be like Sigourney Weaver's hair, but it's a wig, so it's lots larger, and it's just terrible. And the alien, it's just bad. Don't, don't you kind of all... want an alien to burst out of the top of her skull? So that's what the wig was covering the entire time. It just, it just pops out of her yeah, there, hair. There, there it's been in her hair the whole time. There, of course, there's the, the sequence in uh, Spaceballs where they, I thought it was right. really funny. And there was the one that I, I suggested a movie to him 20 minutes into the movie, and then 20 minutes later, I was like, oh no, 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 this derailed quickly. It was the creature was it nice aka spaceship aka naked <laughs> space because no. i was interested in everything before they introduced the monster the minutiae of being stuck in space the sheer boredom <laughs> and desperation no. was so much fun and then the creature shows up and i'm like uh, no crap <laughs> no i've never been uh, on that one I-, I watched it once and i was just like angry i just want to eat your face no Stop it. <laughs> you be quiet. Quit it. But the Forbidden World is, is my favorite of the Corman ones. It's literally not just because of the hot ladies in it. That's just stupid to say that that would be the only reason. It's actually got a lot of interesting stuff going for it. That's why they recycled it, the story, and thought nobody would look for Dead Space. So, Well, if you remember, it was really hard to find Galaxy of Terror and Forbidden World for a while. It wasn't until Shot Factory unearthed it, and that was made it easier because that's one of those... Roger Corman didn't own the home video rights, which made it difficult. A lot of his movies oh. were like that they were lost because... They were with Embassy or... Actually, I think they were all with Embassy at the time. Huh. Well, when I was 17, 18, just about to turn 18, I do believe. Yeah, just about to turn 18. There's this movie that came out called Split Second. I unloaded a full clip, 450 Magnum. Point blank, it disappeared. He can hear its heartbeat. Where did he go? He knows it's out there. Somebody must have seen something. He knows what it can do. You're telling me there's something running around loose in this city, ripping the hearts out of people and eating them. Maybe he eats them for breakfast. Now it's really pissing him off. Foster! And his new partner. I work alone. Makes two. Paranoid people with guns are a menace to society. You'd be paranoid too if you had a dipshit like this following you. Of nonos and serial homicide. Oh, terrific. It has no motive. The only thing we know for sure is that he's not a vegetarian. No! It has the DNA structure of all its victims. It gives no warning. 
ready to die. But one thing's for certain. We gotta get bigger guns! It ain't no pushover. We want to get to Cannon Street. <laughs> no, you don't. Yes, we do. Boy, are you pushy. I wouldn't say this thing thinks it's safe. I'd say it is safe. Rat bastard! Safe is a deep shit. Rutger Hauer. Split second. Nice timing. Split second. Now you're saying alien knockoff or alien influenced at least. Yes. Rutger Hauer's a rogue cop who is on the trail of a serial killer who takes the hearts out of random people. It doesn't matter who they are. Because they're tasty. He's hungry. And he eats them, and sometimes he leaves a heart behind. And it turns out that they had a run-in before, and he is now psychically linked to this serial killer who happens to be some kind of alien. Do you remember remember when this came out? Yeah, I do, when it came out on cable, so it's probably like a year later. I remember the gigantic standee at the video store, which was like oh, what? tall, and they put it. See, my I interrupted your story. I ruined this. I'm a dick. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have, I have. If you've listened to the show before, you know I have severe ADD and impulse problems. I apologize to Andrew right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, my video store, hometown video, it used to be a department store, and they cut it in half. Me, part of it Subway, part of it the video store. But they had this huge window display that went for like 20 feet. And they would fill that space with all the standees that they used to get at video stores. And I remember seeing the gigantic monstrosity of Split Second that had Rutger Howard with an alien behind him. And he says, he's going to need bigger guns. And I'm like, I have to see this movie now. And it wasn't theaters, you know. It wasn't straight to video or cable. This was a very small right. release from a company that went bankrupt after releasing this and Highlander 2. <laughs> the sickening Highlander 2 which is also a, a knockoff of a sickening come on that's really funny that's a good one I, I'm not laughing I'm saying it like I'm disappointed but it's actually funny okay Highlander 2 the sickening now that we all stop for that <laughs> impulsive commercial break let's Andrew continue his story because he's yeah so Rutger Hauer the cop is on the trail of the serial killer he gets a buddy cop huh? it's a buddy cop movie Dick Durkin. It's Harley Stone and Dick Durkin. So this was at one point called Detective Stone. If you watch this in Italy, okay, thanks. That tells me nothing about it. They should have called it alien Heart on? of Stone. Okay. I don't know. It sounds or, or Dick Stone. Dick Durkin. Dick, Harley Durkin. Dicks of Stone. <laughs> Detectives of Stone. So Dick Durkin is this goofy guy who's like, uh, he knows about the occult or or detective work or whatever. And they just go about trying to find this guy. And it's in, what's the year? 2008! The future! London. Global warming, heavy rainfalls, London flooded. That's always fun. So it's always wet there. They're driving around in hovercraft. Kim Cattrall's in it. And she has a requisite shower scene. There's no real good reason for it. How's this alien-y? Because the creature looks almost to the T same design it's very does it uh, well i mean they modified it up not to get sued <laughs> which they did with a lot of these movies stephen norrington designed the alien well, you mean are, he had a very you're talking in he this had a, movie 
in split in this second. movie. Okay, I was like, what? Yeah. He's, he wasn't old enough to work in. <laughs> no, 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 no. In this yeah, movie, was he, he designed... supposed to direct this? Because no. I saw, he... I was looking at the history of this, and it kept bouncing around. They changed the script. In fact, there was no monster in the original script. I think it was just original, like a buddy serial killer movie. Hmm. And they reshot the ending because it wasn't action packed enough. And they, they, they... they had two guys, Ian Sharp and Tony oh, Mailer. Oh, yeah, sorry, Ian Sharp, not Ian Softly. And they pulled him off, I think, to shoot the like Ian Softly didn't want to do the action sequence. No, he didn't. He's not good at it. He's like, this is uh, this is too much for me. I'm not. I can't even. Yeah. And so then they got Tony to do it. And Tony, actually, you can't tell that it's two different directors. So the DP worked well with both of them. Yeah. It's weird because Norrington is a really strong visual guy, and he he did. Great they gave him a very short time. Okay. So I'll say because I wouldn't think that he would come up with something that pedestrian for the monster. It's very simple. What it does look like, honestly, is Judge Death. You are from very Judge Dredd. Yes. Except with like Schwarzenegger's body. So Judge Death in Judge Dredd has he's a skeletal frame. He's very tall and very skeletal and lean, a very, very thin frame. So you would have Doug Jones play him or something. But here, this dude looks like the guy, build-wise, actually, the guy who played Predator. You know his name. Kevin Peter Hall. Yeah, that guy, he's huge. He's got a really good torso, uh, muscular-wise. So it looks akin to what he would look like with his shirt off, except he's got a big old alien head and huge claws on his hand. And the alien head is rows of teeth. Very sharp Joker smile teeth. Sort of a motorcycle head dome. In a weird way, I'm saying motorcycle head. It's not as large as a motorcycle helmet. But it does have a visor. Why? Don't know. There's nothing that makes sense about what this alien looks like or what he does. So, you think it's alien knockoff from that alone? I'm trying to pull stuff out of you. No, I don't know. It's just something... I just remember, like, when it came out, I felt like they were just... Because it came out right before Alien 3. And you know how, like, Wing Commander isn't really a Star Wars ripoff, but you feel like the only reason it existed is because everybody was hyped for Star Wars and it wasn't ready yet, and Fox picked it up just to get... Ah, that's what it it, it seemed like they were trying to capitalize like everybody's excited about alien 3 we've been waiting like seven years for this let's do a monster movie and i almost feel like if i remember reading correctly they did not have a monster design like you said uh ready to go like they were just hired him at the last minute gave him very little money to design something they probably told him to design something that looked like alien because i cannot imagine steven norrington a guy who's very inventive and creative with his visuals would come up with something so similar like i think he would come up with something just totally unique of his own creation it's stuff like that. He also made an alien ripoff. It's Death Machine. But it's not an alien ripoff. It is and it isn't. So Death Machine is is a robot that goes on a rampage, but it's controlled by a madman. So the rampage part is the, the scary monster in the hallway is kind of like Alien. Yeah. But it's, it's really not. It's really not. It's just got kind of nods. That one actually has a lot of nods to different yeah. uh, I mean, directors, and that's annoying. But this, I think this one... If I'm going to make it fit into the alien knockoff is how the setting is. It's so dark. It's always wet. He's constantly in tunnels. Right. And the, and tearing, is... the tearing of people apart feel a little yeah. bit like, you know, it's, I mean, he's yes. not putting his mouth through someone else's head, but he's putting his hand through their chest and ripping apart. Yeah. But also the, the yeah. guns, they particularly choose at the end. By the way, is it weird? <laughs> What's the little guy's name from Bonnie and Clyde? He always talks like his face is folded up into a fist. Michael J. Pollard. Okay, I, I thought, yeah. By the way, I thought it was weird that Michael J. Pollard was even in this, especially since it's a British film. Maybe he was just over there. But I, Yeah, I don't know Michael they, they, J. The Pollard. The guns they use. It's amazing. 
I, I didn't notice it. I didn't like notice Gatling it. guns. Yeah, I didn't notice it at the time. But when I watch it now, when I see them getting the Gatling guns, I'm like, you know, I almost feel like they saw aliens and thought, look, you're going to need some really badass machine guns to take this thing out. I don't know. I just got this feeling like a lot of it was, well, this worked in Alien. This worked in Aliens. Let's put these bits yeah. and pieces. Like, it was something completely different that they kept molding to be like Aliens. So, yes, you're not. You're right. It's not plot wise. None of these movies really are complete ripoffs of Aliens. There's some no, that, they're all ear. Marks, yeah, right? they, it's yeah, all yes, yes. Because the ones that are DNA. the ones that are deliberately ripped off from Alien are unwatchable. They're terrible movies. I tried watching The Falling, aka Alien Predator, which is a combination of the thing and Alien. I was like, no, this movie's garbage. Though all of those movies are just influenced, like you said, earmark. Pete Postlethwaite is in this movie as well as Alien Three. So there's that nice. link. And marketing went ahead and t- took a pull quote said blade runner meets alien so they knew that this had something to do with alien i always think it's funny how many times they use blade runner a movie that bombed by the way using but Rutger howard's in it i always love the fact that they're like soldiers blade runner meets unforgiven i'm like i'm not sure that's a combo i want (laughs) (laughs) so i mean all these like you said were influenced or there's particular things that were changed because Clearly, they were like, oh, Alien's coming up, or Alien 3. The one that seems like a deliberate homage, not rip-off. Homage, because there's a difference, is when you're... In my opinion, there are differences between the two based on, like, a love for it. Not a cash in, a love for the previous film. You know, with the guys that got sued on Lockout, because they said they ripped off Escape from New York. I was like, no, I think they loved Escape from New York so much, they couldn't make their own Snake Plissken movie. So they took bits no. and pieces, what they loved about it, and they added their new thing. I still don't believe that John Carpenter deserves the money from that. That is not a straight I movie. agree with yeah, you. It, I it, agree it, with you. It's, it's not a yes, rip-off. because they start doing that, you're not gonna have any movie that's an homage. So, yeah. life... Alright, let's go. Three, two, one... This is Dr. David Jordan. Our mission is to intercept a research pod from Mars. 16 steps to fix a shower. I'm an astronaut, not a gym teacher. (laughs) This is the first capsule ever to come back from the planet. We have visual confirmation. I see it. This could be a major scientific breakthrough. Come on, 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 come on. Woo! Cue Instagram! (laughs) We're looking at the first proof of life beyond Earth. Lowering oxygen, more carbon dioxide. That's beautiful. You finally a daddy. It's gonna be a big custody battle over this one. Are you gonna bring the Martian back to Earth? No, we're gonna keep it up here. We're gonna study it where it's safe. Look how fast it's growing. Every single cell is a muscle cell and a nerve cell. All muscle, all brain. How smart is this thing? These creatures wiped out Mars. If we let it get to Earth... We'll risk all human life. Let's kill the thing. What is the primal instinct of any life form? To survive. We've lost all communication. We'll hit the atmosphere in 39 minutes. We won't survive re-entry. But it could. Is a love letter to the Alien films, particularly the first one. Well, Life being not the Eddie Murphy movie. No, it is clearly... Uh, <laughs> clearly, he stands for the Xenomorph, and Martin Lawrence is clearly Sigourney <laughs> Weaver in that movie. No, no, not that Life, 2017. We don't usually talk about very current movies, but this is a very current movie, and I watch it again, and dang, I had a good time with it. Yeah. I saw people watch this thing, and... 
talk crap about it. I saw people watch this thing and say that it was a Venom prequel. I had that they heard had to that, rewrite. and you are correct in that it is not. Yeah, it's not. It's never been. The two dudes who wrote this, I do believe it's two dudes, were inspired by Alien. Like, how do you make Alien and bring it into our world, uh, our kind of tangible, the science that we hold now, the closest science that we have now? It's still a little bit more futuristic than what we have. Yeah, it's like, but that's it's part like of science fiction. Um, in the near future. It's like 20, a lot yeah, of these 20 are, years from now. Yeah, a lot of them are like the very far future from now. This one is a little more relatable because it feels almost like now. And how do you get a situation in which there's a life form rapidly growing and becoming dangerous on your space station attacking you and you need to stop it, survive, get away? How do you do that? Well, this is how you do it. They retrieve a sample from Mars. The sample has a single cell and then they coax the single cell into growing and it grows and it grows and it goes there. I love the word derelict, but it doesn't. (laughs) It goes static. You call stagnant. me a derelict all the time. I'm completely fine <laughs> with it. It goes static, stagnant for a while, and then it starts to grow again, and then it starts to attack. It's it's just really good. And Ryan Reynolds is in it, and he was actually supposed to be the lead. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't. I thought that it was a... It's kind of like the Tom Skerritt rule. They've Well, no. If, if you want to go back all the way, it's actually more like the Janet Lee rule, where you think the person's going to be the lead, and it throws yeah. you for a loop, and changes things instantly. Like, oh... But, I mean, he was friends already with the director and the writers because the writers are from Deadpool and the director was from Safe House. So they must have just called in a favor. Using Psycho as an example, I'm making a quote. Espinoza explained that Ryan Reynolds became my Janet Lee and a downer ending. So, <laughs> downer ending. Psycho has a downer ending. Alien has a kind of downer ending. Before there was aliens, we had no idea that there was going to be an aliens. Right. She's floating in space with her cat and she's gonna be dead that's all we know so this i think is a very very accurate though cleverly disguised not knockoff but as you said homage to alien and what do you think of the alien in this though actually i really enjoyed it because it wasn't we're in the day and age now you put a guy in a rubber suit it would be a damn good reason to keep him in a rubber suit and it's it's like the blob it's conforming to all sorts of things it can wrap things around you know go in it it finds different ways to attack than just a guy lumbering around where they go ah, ah, you know stuff like that which i hate about a lot of these movies so the physical description j- just uh like a molecular or whatever i don't know the evil term silly scientist play. he says it's muscle brain and eye that's what they said about this creature but as to why it can do what it does. Right, it's it's super intelligent, adapts so quickly to new things. It's not super intelligent as if, like, it can't use any of the equipment on board. No, but it can figure its way around things. It's kind of like the way they explain in Deep Rising, the squid or whatever, you know, and no matter what, it's going to find its way in or out of whatever situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, like cephalopods, they can, yes, that's exactly what cephalopods do. You put a bottle down there, it'll be able to open a bottle, it'll be able to get inside the bottle, you know, that sort of thing, feel its way around. Would you say Deep Rising is more of an aliens ripoff or its own thing just happens i just feel like that one's almost influenced by aliens as well uh i can see that it has some i see anytime there's an onslaught of some other worldly creature creatures you're gonna now think aliens yeah so i guess whereas what alien or alien but alien before alien there was just haunted house or monster movies right and not and they wanted to have aliens is always a metaphor for course for vietnam and I guess a lot of movies take... You know what? I shouldn't even throw that in there. Deep Rising is worthy of a long episode of discussion, and we're not going to... <laughs> yeah. Tag. Yeah, so... But 
but this actually brings up a good idea of, of rip-off stuff or a good ripping off things. We'll probably end the show here. Alien itself is a rip-off Wait, we're, we're quitting the show? Planet... <laughs> we're, we're done. This is the final episode, everybody. I didn't know this. He didn't yeah, know bye, me. see ya. No, uh, this episode. Jeez, you're so literal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> give me give me like two or three more episodes before I quit. Jeez. Well, what you guys don't know is this is part of my prison sentence. I have to do this show. He's forcing me. I thought maybe he was going to let me go. I've done my service. Puts the lotion in the basket. Yeah. And now you guys say, it puts lotion in the basket. <laughs> Too many references. <laughs> Alien itself is a ripoff of Mario Bava's Planet of the Vampires, in which some space people land on a planet that happens to be, instead of full of alien, it's full of space vampires. Not to be so, confused with space, space Vampires, the book, which became uh, Life Force. Oh, no, no, right. But they are space vampires. They're, they're, it's a planet of vampires, and they stop, but there's actually a derelict there. I got to say it again. Yeah. And there's a skeleton, uh, like, sitting at a console. And there are all these things that they looked at, and they were like, yeah, that works. Let's let's use that as our building blocks. That's Alien. So Alien itself is also a knockoff of previous things that came before it. But in our lifetime, everything that comes after that is science fiction has a monster, people are always going to compare. I apologize for whistling. <laughs> While you're talking, I started thinking about, like, some sort of 60s. You know the movie Green Slime? Green Slime! I was thinking, yeah, that's 1970s. I was just like... Early 70s. I started whistling like a tune to myself. Vampires from outer space. Like, I don't know, sorry. It just seems that like the 60s were silly sometimes. <laughs> You're right, they were... Starring Tommy Kirk. non sequitur. No, that was uh, Mars Needs Women. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Mars Needs Vampires. So, of these, what do you like the most? Life. Life, Life is clearly the best quality. I've seen Split Second actually quite a few times, which I'm kind of surprised yeah. I've seen it so many times. This is, uh, I didn't mention earlier, but Split Second was, I think, the very first movie that we rented for our video night when I was a kid. I didn't huh. form my group because I had just moved to a new town till early 92, and I believe the first movies we rented were The Chair, which is legendary for its awfulness. What's the, what's the Jason, the fourth Jason where he dies? Well, supposedly dies. Yeah, I don't care. Technically, he dies. Whatever. It's <laughs> it's, it's uh, Friday the 13th Part 4, Jason pretends to die. Uh, we watched yeah, that one, and then we watched one. Split Second. And that's something that I hold near and dear to my heart, because that's when we formed our group. And uh, so Split Second is more of a nostalgia thing. I I, yeah. I do like the look of it, though. The fact that it's so yeah. unique, and has like this whole global warming kind of thing, when before people were really talking about you know outside of Captain Planet. Yeah. Also an alien ripoff. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Planet's also an alien. What you don't know is after the credits run, he put his face just through the face of it. All those kids dead. (laughs) Captain Planet of the Vampires. Jeez. There's a band called Mortal. They used a lot of samples 
from various science fiction movies, and one of them was Split Second. I'm so that's... guessing, is that an industrial band? A genre yeah. that I've never yeah, touched? Yeah, yeah. I don't get the yeah. industrial, but whatever. Yeah, it was, it was a really good band, though. Yeah, that's that's basically it. Yeah, bits and pieces from Galaxy Terror I like, but I, I do not like the sequence. We all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I keep forgetting what Forbidden World's about, so oops. <laughs> about those two movies, I want to just combine them and like make a better film just have best elements out of both of them and combine the galaxy of terror and forbidden world it'd be a better movie. galaxy of world <laughs> yeah there that would be much better all right good night everybody all right everybody.